I used to do lots of things. Episode 22 of the Reckless Muse cast. Uh, we've got a special guest, David Cray. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, uh, glad to glad to be here. Yeah, so you're kind of a renaissance man. You've got you've done a lot of creative stuff. Like you've got a background in film and writing, and you're also a musician too. Yeah, well, I I used to be a musician, I guess. Um, I play I, I play a little guitar. That's cool. But, yeah, uh, shred some gnar. Uh, yeah, I played, I played some music I when I was every musician. <laughs> but uh, yeah, mostly uh, mostly writing these days, obviously because of COVID, it's kind of slowed down the world a bit. Um, but you know, uh, did the schmacking thing for a while, and uh, and now just uh, and then filmmaking, and uh, um, yeah, the last couple of years have been uh, writing a lot. What are you writing? All kinds of stuff. Uh, other than uh, mean tweets on, tri- on Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh, Wait, so speaking of Renaissance, man, you wrote two books about the Borgias? Uh, okay, <laughs> the Borgias. Um, so, wow. Did you like that segue? 2002, <laughs> I want to say. No, 2001. So that's going back a ways. Um, or even before that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um I was a starving actor back in the day and wanted to take a Shakespeare study class to improve my Elizabethan pentameter skills and uh, and was too broke, couldn't afford it. So I thought, well, what if I just learn by emulating? So, you know, learn by doing. So I broke out a bunch of Shakespeare, read a bunch of it, uh, went to the library, studied the language, um, and then wrote a play, tried to write a play, I should say. Um, mm. in like a Shakespeare style play using, mm. uh, where was I? Oh yeah. So I, I thought I'll, I'll write this play and practice that way and learn that way. Cause you know, that's, I guess how, you know, learn by road or by repetition or, or by copying. Um, anyway, so I wrote a play. It was, you know, parts of it are actually turned out all right um it's, but it was pretty rudimentary it was i was pretty young um and at the time i had uh uh stumbled across the story of lucretia borgia um and i thought what a great story if you're gonna do like a shakespearean type of setting you know like you know you think of like hamlet macbeth king lear you know the borgias you know Shakespeare was 1600s. Borgias were around 1500, early early High Renaissance. Mm-hmm. So I thought this is perfect. And the the, the story I I think it was a documentary that was I caught part of, and it was debunking the myths of Lucretia Borgia that she had been known for this as this evil temptress, this sort of salacious character. Mm. Um, when uh, she actually wasn't uh, like that. Um, I think. Part of it was, I think, a book written by Victor Hugo that I really think Lucretia Borgia and the Poison Ring or something like that. And and also the fact that her father was the Pope. 
and her brother was the Duke of Rome. So all he was, this he stuff... was a fun pope. He was a really fun pope. <laughs> the fun pope. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the pope uh, Rodrigo Borgia, who became Pope Alexander the Sixth, which is Lucretia's father. Mm. Um, he had uh, seven children and a mistress. Um, his mistress, uh, Julia. Farn I don't know how to pronounce this. I've, I've, I, I'm, I'm not Italian, but um, well, I don't speak Italian. Uh, Farnese or whatever. Um, hmm. She was uh, her nickname in Rome at the time was the Bride of Christ because everyone knew she was banging the Pope. Right? It was like an open secret, and everyone just yeah. joked about it. There was yeah. a, a quote in a book I read. It said a, a quote from the day said, "If all the children born that year, and I think it was like 1500, came out with their with their father's clothes on, they would all come out priests and cardinals. Like it was just <laughs> like party time at the Vatican back then. Um, so you figure all the all the no good that um, Rodrigo Borgia or Pope Alexander the Sixth got up to, and his son as well. A lot of it, I think, got pinned on her. Um, so she's kind of an interesting character who's been sort of maligned by history. Mm. And I thought, oh, well, this is an opportunity to to do some learning, do some writing, and maybe write a story that can help rehabilitate the the reputation of someone who's who's been you know got a bad deal by from history well 100 um, of my knowledge of the borgias comes from the showtime show the well borgias. that's the second part of the story pretty good show yeah <laughs> well i wrote this this play and then i think in 2002 was my first foray to los angeles and um and i did some networking and i met uh i connected with this retired producer, writer, producer who, who helped me out. And a guy by the name was Leonard Kaufman. He's sort of one of my mentors. Um, he, he, uh, wrote and produced shows like Hawaii Five O and, oh, um, Dak Tari and, um, uh, Dukes of Hazard. I think he was involved and he did a bunch of stuff, but oh, cool. he, he was retired by the time I met him. And, you know, Len was always, yeah, most of the people I know in Hollywood are dead, but I'll make a few calls, you know. <laughs> uh, but he hooked me up with his literary agent, a guy by the name of Lou Weitzman, who uh, has passed since. They both passed. Um, they were both quite old at the time mm. already. And uh, uh, over at Preferred Artists. And um, uh, Lou said, this is a great story. And I, he saw my list of, because I did a stack of screenplays. Mm. Um, I actually... When I was a young actor struggling in Hollywood, I had also worked in film production, like crew. Mm. And I had met, this is a bit of a side tangent, I met Matt Damon when he showed up to make Goodwill Hunting. Oh, in whoa. fact, I almost had the job to be his assistant while he was in town. Mm. Um, but it went to a buddy of mine that I'd worked with on an indie film in the wintertime. And he'd done a little more work than I had, so he'd earned more dues, so the job went to him instead. But anyway... Mm. You meet this guy, I'm like, he's wrote a script, he gets to star in it, he's got his whole career ahead of him. I'm like, that's what I want to do, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, so I had a stack of scripts and went out to Hollywood and, you know, as a writer-actor. Anyway, Lou looked at this script, this play, and he said, it's a play. You can't sell a play in, in verse in Hollywood. <laughs> 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 he's like, no, nah, it's not, no. Um, especially at the time, nobody was interested in, especially interested in like Shakespeare kind of stuff at the time. Um, anyway, he said, you know, if it was a screenplay, a movie script might be able to do something. And I said, well, let me get back to you. So I flipped it into a, a screenplay hmm. and he shopped it around 
and got lots of really lots of interest um, from a number of companies. But there was someone else shopping a Borgia project around at the time, a guy by the name of Neil Jordan, uh, who was shopping his Borgia project, which became the Borgias, the TV mm. show that everyone a few years later. Um, my agent said, look, you know, you're, he's Neil Jordan and you're nobody, (laughs) Uh. (laughs) right? You get a lot of that when you first get to Hollywood, you're like, yeah, who are you? And he's, you know, right. Um, so they basically said, you'll have to shelve it, wait 10 years or so, uh, wait for it to the Borgia project to come and go for that topic to cool off. And maybe in another century, you can maybe have your shot. Um, in the meantime, go out and keep working on trying to become somebody because you're nobody um it's very humbling anyway <laughs> so then uh i i did submit this that script to the uh, beverly hills film festival back in 2007 <laughs> in their screenwriting competition and it won it got the golden palm award for for best script oh, cool. um, yeah which very was cool. pretty cool uh um and uh, you know i made some good con- uh, contacts through that and but again Borges were were in full swing at that time, so nobody's nobody's interested yet. So then I thought, well, maybe I'll turn it into a novel. So I turned it into a novel and just stuck it on Amazon. Figured whatever it can cook for a while, and hmm. a few a few people read it. Hmm. They liked it, I guess. I got some good reviews, which is nice. But you know, uh, I'm not. Things have changed in the last five to ten years. So uh, a male writer writing a historical fiction with a female uh, main character. Uh, I don't, you know, I, right, I, I right. did send it out to some agencies and, and I don't think I had the right identity to, uh, yeah. to, uh, to be that. Although people have read it, liked it. So, right. Right. Um, yeah. I see that all the time. We've yeah. talked about this and how much it sucks. Like for, I, I basically don't, I'm also a writer by the way, and I basically don't submit my work really to, uh, publications anymore because one is feel, feels like a waste of time. I've been published in a few publications. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I just, the one that Joe runs, I just send it his way. I'm like, here, Joe, I wrote something, put it up. And I notice like, I feel like more than half now. And I just checked, uh, I get the emails like listing them. Like here's nine new, nine publications looking for short stories. Right. Yeah. And you go through them and it's like, we are only publishing LGBTQIA plus writers. So we're only publishing writers from this background or that. And it's like, like, I don't, I don't understand why I get like, if you want to highlight certain stories, you might have a certain demographic. Like I understand that, that that's fine. But why only writers from that background? Because you're just missing out on so much talent. Well, and they're going to get attacked if they don't. Right. That's basically the way it works right now. They'll be, they'll be put on a list and they'll say, ah, you don't devote X amount of your time or your resources to to this, 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 and this. Right, so they're right. more, they're just ticking boxes rather than looking at what the actual content is, right. I think. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with publishing all kinds of stuff from all kinds of different people. But uh, sure. when it becomes, yeah, that sure. becomes the point. Right, right. It also yeah. does, it's the whole thing with like Joe Biden right now saying, you know, I'm going to put a black woman on the Supreme Court. It's like, why don't you just do it instead yeah. of saying that because then because right. then she's going to get criticized no matter what for just you got put on there for your identity i mean look at kamala yeah. harris she's a she's a train wreck because yeah. you just want to put a black like put someone who's competent in positions of power 
And if, you know, you get to fill a certain demographic, that's great. But like this clearly didn't work. And uh, I mean, she's the least popular vice president, like even more so than like Dick Cheney at the height of the Iraq war. And, and, and we all saw it. Like she didn't even make it to Iowa during the primaries. And it's just like, well, I'm going to put her there. What was that? She wasn't well liked across the board. No, no, (laughs) she was horrible. I mean, well, could they should should have grabbed Tulsi? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they tried to. The, well, it's just the kind of same consultants that I want to send to you know Eastern Ukraine are the ones who were saying like they just wanted to will her into existence. It's like, well, if we just put her there, she'll do fine. It's like, no, she's terrible. She's awful. And this is, I'm sure you could have found many black or mixed race women who could have done a great job, but she's just horrible. But it was yeah, just like, well, she's next in line. Right. Well, she's also obedient, right? I mean, you know, I think a lot of politics is who is going to who's going to do what the establishment wants, who right, who's right. going to do what the inner circle uh, who's going to yeah. toe the party line. Right. And yeah, yeah. and I think, for instance, like compare Tulsi Gabbard and Kamala Harris. Uh, who's going to who's going to cause more trouble? Right. <laughs> right, right. Well, my prediction, my prediction on on Twitter was, I think, a year ago, I think it's going to be. Tulsi versus Kamala and Tulsi's a Republican. Mm. I think she's going to switch parties. You think she should switch? I, I, hey, think my, I do. My dream ticket would be like Justin Amash and uh, Tulsi Gabbard. But I don't get to vote in America, so... Uh, uh, uh. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Wait, do you... Yeah, so you're not a U.S. citizen? No, I'm Canadian. So. Right, right. But you, yeah. and Everyone thinks here. I am, though, huh? Yeah, yeah. On Twitter, I get I get uh, attacked all the time as being the uh, uh, quintessential uh, white male, blonde hair, blue eyed, evil villain, supervillain, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. American white privilege guy, and I <laughs> laugh every time because I'm like, okay, first of all, uh, the hoops, the 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 years I spent just to get into the United States, right, to start at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, any anyone anyone from anywhere in America just hop in their beat up Honda Civic and drive out to Hollywood. Yeah. Not me, no. I have spent years and years and years <laughs> and lots of money on legal fees and immigration, all kinds of stuff, just to be able to move there. Yeah. I could go there as a tourist and, yeah. and, and, and as right, a business right. person and, and hang around. But if you actually want to do anything, um, so you're starting below the bottom. So yeah. the, you know, and, you know, and I don't have deep pockets. I don't come from Big money. I don't you know. I don't have generations of wealth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, Where, you don't come from like 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 you know maple syrup money or anything. Yeah. No. <laughs> old, no. Old maple, old maple syrup money. Yeah, big maple. No. Uh, no. I'm on, on one side of the family. <laughs> they were uh, dirt poor farmers for generations, and the other side uh, refugees from Eastern Europe. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know. So I'm first gen on one hand, on one side, and so just poor. Where are you from in Canada? What what part? Ontario. Um, yeah, I, I, I worked in Toronto for a lot of years uh, doing because mm. it was a pretty big film center. Yeah, like that's where they yeah, filmed Goodwill Hunting and, and yeah. movies like that. And back in the the late nineties, um, are you in LA now? No, not currently. No, I'm in I'm in the Canuckle Headland here. Oh. <laughs> how's how, how's that going? It's cold. It's cold. Uh, I had a few setbacks in in California. Uh, I had a film project uh, collapse in production while in production and kind of oh, lost a lot of money and and ended up yeah it was a 
it was a mess. It was, was it was, that was that COVID related or no, it's before COVID. But being when you're on a visa, right? right like right. friends of mine, they were like, Oh, I could hook you up with some work, you know, if you could get get back on your feet. And like I had a buddy of mine who was, you know, delivering food, like he was like Uber to the food or whatever Uber, yeah. Uber eats while like fielding calls with Paramount for a movie project, right? Because he was so <laughs> broke. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. film production, right? Yeah. The problem is uh, when you're on a visa, you can't just go down the street and get work. You have to only work within your company doing the thing that you're doing or, or doing the job you were approved to come in and do. Right. So you're kind of a captive to that. So when my situation imploded, and you know, I had to pack everything up and exit, um, lest I run afoul of the. Mm. You know, it's not the INS anymore. I guess it's Homeland Security. Yeah. I, I mean, I know people who like. No, I'm gonna stay. I'll live in my car. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I tried to do it by the book. You know, yeah, respect yeah. the the process. But it's a lot of. It's a pretty big hassle to to be able to. To do that, and you know. Uh, Toronto is kind of more of a Canada is in many ways other than the publicly funded government funded art scene, uh, which I'm not a huge fan of um, a lot of it. Uh, it's mostly a branch plant for Hollywood, right? Um, hmm. I mean, if you think of Canadian movie theaters, not counting Quebec, Quebec's its own deal because it's French language. So it's a different hmm. market. But um, I think something like 90 six or 97 percent of movie tickets sold in canada traditionally for the last forever yeah have been for american films uh like canadians actually have like two percent of the box right. office like it sucks so there's no there's no industry it's yeah. just kind of like so there used to be a gentleman's agreement uh or like an, an informal agreement i guess with the studios and with immigration and all that where canadians would go down to los angeles for pilot season or that you could go down mm. and if you got a gig uh they would get your visa and it was kind of like yeah we get it we kind of own the entertainment industry kind of owns the canadian market so they'll let people come across well 9-11 kind of killed that um oh, and my first foray was in 2002 right oh, after and it was yeah. they were like no visas for Canadians. so yeah oh bummer man so anyway, well, that's what you get for bombing us. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the Canadians did that. <laughs> well, that's, that's debatable. No, it's the Eastern Europeans. Yeah, right. Hey, wait. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody from outside of the map. You know, all the blue part of the map. Yeah, not the not America part. That yeah. I Generally, generally that's what it's called not america <laughs> they not were from america the, yeah they're from not america not america there's america america and then not america yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well the whole and world is and don't don't get too uh you know big for your britches we'll come turn you into america <laughs> part america instead of not america <laughs> ukraine uh -huh. big, yeah so ukraine uh, i don't i shouldn't even here's the beef and i, I don't really want to get too heavy into ukraine Okay, let's get into Ukraine. Um, <laughs> is, is that where your as people far are as from? I no, uh, no, they're from like Yugos former Yugoslavia. Like my wow. my father when he was a kid, my grandparents. Um, uh, long story short, during the war it was bad. Uh, the Mussolini and his forces were going were busy in that area. Mm. Um, my grandparents. Uh, uh, just got married they lost their first child due to starvation because they were living wow. in shelters during the war um so you know 
basically I'm missing an uncle uh, thanks to fascism. And then after the war, if you didn't cooperate with the communists, they sent you to a labor camp, which is what they did to my grandfather. So they managed to escape um, to Italy and then lived in a refugee camp, like a commune uh, sort of place for better part of a year. And then they finally made it across to, uh, they were going to end up in Australia, but then my aunt was born. So they had too many kids. They couldn't go to Australia. So they said, well, Canada will take you. So that's what they ended up. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, not Australia. Canada's not Australia. Yeah, thank God for that. We have, we have a strict no. We have a strict no Australians policy on this podcast. Yeah. So yeah. thank God for yeah. that. Oh, are, you, are they from Croatia? Or yeah, yeah, Croatia. Croatia. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's again uh, all that all my all that privilege. I'm like, yeah, all my generations <laughs> of privilege. They fled communism. They were sentenced to labor camp by you know, and and right. ended up with nothing, with nothing, and fled. Right, uh, because of actual fasc- fascism and not just yeah, fascism real. and communism, you know. So I, I, I despise both the ideologies equally because, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, and I, you know, I so mean, they're the same thing. Like yeah. in the end, it's about uh, it's about power and control and authoritarian. Like yeah, there's some slight differences, but it's the same shit. It's all the Dif- same. Yeah, shit. it's like same same shit, different pile, right? Like yeah, that's all it is. It's like okay, this one has some more racist flavor to it sometimes like yeah. stalin killed more jews than hitler did like yeah. there maybe i don't know don't quote me on well that. he, but he, he killed, killed more people um <laughs> he killed a lot of more unless he you count more people unless you count all the well i don't know what the math is on that because then there's all the russians who died no more the point is none of it's good how <laughs> many here's, look, look how many authoritarian ideologies there are in the world right, right, right. there are more authoritarian ideologies then there are not like non-authoritarian like you know small l classic liberal ideologies like right, right. monarchy right absolute yeah. monarchy that's just a hereditary fascism right yeah. like in a sense military dictatorship same thing yeah. communist dictatorship same thing like there's all these different forms of some small group or some you know people telling everyone else what to do you know and then there's yeah. this 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 new idea, relatively for human history, relatively recent idea in the last couple hundred years of hey, what about the people governing themselves yeah. and having this uh, liberty and freedom and all that? What a crazy idea! Yeah, uh, oh no, they can't handle that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, speaking of uh, so, freedom and shit, mm-hmm. uh, freedom Joe and Rogan. Shit. <laughs> Well, because I was oh, hang, on. hang on, before we go to Joe Rogan, yeah. Ukraine. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Ukraine, there's yeah. one beef I have with the whole Ukraine situation, then we'll leave it. Is that it? I think, if I remember correctly, after the dissolution of the Soviet Union, Ukraine, if I remember this correctly, Ukraine gave up their nukes on the promise that they would be protected. I, I think that's true. Okay. Um, but it's again. This is going back a ways, right? This is early 1990s. Um, So that's the issue, right? That's kind of where it gets a little tricky and with NATO and all this other stuff. Yeah, it was was after the the fall of the Soviet Union. It Mm. was we, as in like the West, will not move NATO east of Berlin. That was... Well, there was an agreement. But there was yeah, also there was an agreement, a, but that and, was and with was, Russia, right? To to assure Russia that NATO wasn't going to yeah, and we pulled on. ours out of Turkey, and 
Uh, they pulled theirs out of Cuba in like the 60s and we pulled ours out of Turkey. And it was like, all right, this is the East. This is the West. And then we put a bunch of shit in the Baltics and we're like, all right, now we're on your doorstep. And Russia's thinking like, well, what the hell? Like you guys weren't supposed to go East of Germany. True. And but Ukraine gave up their nukes, I think, in exchange for an agreement that they would be protected by everyone, if I'm not mistaken. So it's that's why Ukraine is tricky. Right. Ukraine it's because tricky. we, we kind of owe them that deal. Right? Do we honor that deal of like, look, they gave up their nukes, like good little country. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, d- now, do we protect them from being invaded? Because hmm. if they had their nukes, they wouldn't be being invaded right now, would they? Right. They'd be like, no nukes. <laughs> Putin. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, did, did Ukraine have nukes, or did I the think Soviet they did. Union have nukes there? Well, when the Soviet Union. Again, this right? is not mm-hmm. like you, well. Like you, Ukraine what was pretty... the Soviet Union? The Soviet Union was all but these different yeah countries, right? right. It was it was a, a a federation, right? So every former republic or country of the Soviet Union was the Soviet Union. It wasn't just Russia, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So my my my, my Russian history is actually I'm better at the older stuff than the newer stuff. The last couple yeah. of decades. I don't know if, oh. if if there were nukes or not in Ukraine. All I, I know is that, that was the deal. Well, well, all I know is that like Europe doesn't pay their shit into their militaries. <laughs> they don't. They don't like we. They just rely on us to protect them. Well, that was by design for a long time, right? We didn't want yeah. Europe to have a strong military. Because last time they did, it was ugly. Sure, but now you know that was when they were all fighting each other. But you yeah. know, Belgium's not going to go to war with Luxembourg anytime soon. So no. it was basically like, okay, now all of the attention is turned east, eastward, and uh, we're gonna like prop you guys up for a long time. Mm-hmm. And if Russia tries any shit or the Soviet Union tries any shit, we're gonna be there. But for years, you know, they have not been paying their fair share into everything. Meanwhile, they have social safety nets and, well, and all all of these. Uh, the you pink, know, you're benefits. talking about the NATO uh, agreement. Um, the I'm NATO talking about agree- NATO and, and just like their militaries. Like they do not well, have the capacity to defend themselves. Well, that's the, that's the issue with NATO is actually there was an agreement. I think it was negotiated under with Obama. Um, but the agreement was that by 2024, um, the NATO members would increase their military spending uh, to a minimum mm-hmm. of, I think, 2 or 2.4% of GDP. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... I know Trump made a lot of uh, uh, hay over that, saying, oh, they're not paying their, sh- their share, they're not paying their share. Well, it's sort of true, but also not entirely true in the sense that they have till 2024 to to get to that target, right? That's the agreement. There's no, the, the, it's not like they're not paying dues, right? Everybody pays their dues, which is small. The issue mm-hmm. is, are they achieving that minimum? Now, the United States spends more money than the next 10 countries on the planet in its military, which is yeah. insane, um, yeah. right? Nobody can compete with that. And a lot of people might say, well, maybe if you know we weren't spending so much money on Lockheed, uh, there could be some uh, maybe less debt, national debt, and maybe some uh, uh, maybe a bit of healthcare or something like that, right? Now, being Canadian, uh, being Canadian, I'm kind of halfway between. I you know I look at both sides of this from Europe, and I've lived in Europe a couple times. Yeah. And mm-hmm. lived in the United States for a long time. And, and you kind of, you start seeing all the different 
views. Like, here's an example, though, like Canada, right? Trump was always complaining about Canada not paying its views. Well, Canada's shopping for a new Air Force. They've been shopping for a new Air Force for a number of years and a couple of ships for the Navy. That's big, big outlays to buy out an entire fleet of mm. fighter jets. Um, its current fighter jets are old. They need to be uh, retired. So the F-35 was what was on the table. But then there were issues with the F-35. I don't know if you've been following that. Mm-hmm. So the F-35 is a bit of a turkey. Um, it's not... And and it may or may not be re- uh, uh, the right plane for defending Canada's uh, land. It's a single engine, so a lot of people have an issue with that. Mm-hmm. So if you're flying around the Arctic in mm-hmm. a single... You might want a twin, a double-engine jet in case yeah. one blows out on you. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's more of a, as far as I understand, it's more of like a tag along bombing type of uh, jet, where you, the F twenty twos go in and clear out. Uh, you know, those are the interceptors, but those are the fast attack planes. They go and, cl- and make the skies safe, and then you come in with the F thirty fives and drop bombs on people. Well, cool. is that the right jet for? That's great for doing bombing runs in the Middle East or something. If you're going to war with uh, Iraq or something, yeah. But for patrolling Canadian airspace. Is that the right jet? Well, you can't buy F-22s. No one's allowed to have them. So the F-35. Turns out it's a turkey, maybe. Mm-hmm. So now they're like, oh, well, what about Gripen? What about, you know, all these other, the Eurofighter, the Rafale? So they've been shopping for the right jet. This has taken several years. And as soon as they pull the trigger on that spend, boom, they're hitting their targets. Until then, they're they're under target because they're holding back billions and billions and billions on this purchase see so it's kind of like that's yeah it's complicated it's a complicated topic i don't really give a shit what what happens in ukraine is my (laughs) opinion like i I don't care i'm one of those people i tweet all the time that the u.s government is more of a threat to us than the russian government i I do not give a shit what the russians do like yeah and we got proof of this let, let them have their fucking war. I, I'm well, so tired of it. And, and, and it's all distraction. We can't handle our own shit here. Have you have you been? You you've got you guys you live in LA, Joe. You lived in LA. Put the fucking military there and have them uh, fix some shit. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, go to Baltimore, go to parts uh, of New York and Philly and, and New Orleans. Like this is where we need help, not in eastern Ukraine. I don't give a shit right. what happens over there. I mean, I hope yep. no one gets hurt, but and now we gotta defend Joe Rogan. Their own shit. We gotta yeah. defend well, Joe Rogan. What's that? We got to defend Joe Rogan. We should put some... Uh, put the military uh, around Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan because... Defend his freedom. Because Jen Saki or Saki shit, as I like to call her, uh, she... Uh, did you guys, so did you guys see this recently? Saki shit. <laughs> um, uh, about, about you know, the whole Spotify thing, and somebody brought this up at a press conference, and then she's, she says... Uh, this, this disclaimer is a positive step, but we want every platform to continue doing more to call out mis- and disinformation while also uplifting accurate information. So this has been kind of blown out of proportion a little bit because people were kind of saying, taking that as like, oh, the government is at, like the White House is trying to stop Joe Rogan. It's, like, it's not that exactly, but it's like. Yeah, I saw I a little know. bit of that on, on the angry uh, Bluebird app earlier. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, that's where that's where we uh that's our ecosystem (laughs) (laughs) i was just telling joe i was like i fucking hate it so much but then like i love it like i'll see something there'll be some thread or something oh i love this i kind of love being in uh you know uh not it's it's not for our crowd but i almost feel like it's fun being like the the minority voice there right right on twitter yeah 
uh, on Twitter. The, the sad thing is that Twitter is kind of, I think it's because journalists and journalists in general, I mean, they're journalists, uh, you know, activist journalists, they take their cues. And so do politicians. Now they're like, they have their social media team, like, watching twitter what's twitter angry at today? yeah and it, yeah and it doesn't work look at fucking elizabeth warren her her yeah. campaign was an abortion oh. and like she was just doing what she thought was like on twitter it's like twitter is such a fra- it's a fraction of the pop a fraction of a fraction of the population and then within those fractions it's like a very mostly specific demographic and that's like mostly white liberal consultant class uh people like yeah. the vast majority of the especially the vast majority of the blue checks yeah and it's like it's a bad political strategy well and and when but when that becomes the political headwaters for uh, media for politicians and they're queuing off of what twitter's mad at today like that's not good and that's actually the only reason that i'm spending the amount of time i do on the stupid app because uh, if that's what's de- determining where we're going next like well, we got to get in there and start talking about this because there's a lot of crazy people with a lot of bad ideas on Twitter too, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, like, you know, I, I've obviously been fairly vocal against a lot of uh, sort of identitarian ideologies, uh, mm. left and right. A lot of, yeah. a lot of, a lot of people think I'm some big, uh, uh, I get the alt-right accusation all the time, but, yeah, you know, yeah. I jumped online 10 years ago, really, to start calling out excesses of the right. Yeah. And only in the last four or five mm. years have, started calling out the excesses of the left yeah and uh you know but yeah twitter it's it's far too influential um everyone's far too scared of of what happened what oh twitter's gonna ruin my life they're gonna come after me well and they do they it, yeah. it's it's weird toxic mm. little world that ha- has it's ha- it stretches into real real life though that's the problem it does. yeah right, it does right. and, that, and, and that's yeah. where it gets disturbing when it, it turns into doxing and stalking and um you know credible threats of violence and stuff like that which is not free speech like those aren't like credible threats of violence oh yeah and, no and doxing yeah. is not free speech and right and people take and, and like like you said calling out we talk about this all the time like the excesses of the right like that's where a lot of people i feel like that kind of have views joe and i tend to have like came from the left where the left used to be about free speech and yeah. like i have a i have a I, I say it all the time on my laptop i can't take it off i have an aclu sticker like i used to be a huge fan yeah. that's my dream job was to work at the aclu i i right out of law school that's like one of the places i wanted to go and yeah. it's just they're terrible now like yeah. they're awful and actually one of the big attorneys for them who really put them oh, on the what's national his name? map um Ira, Ira something, because his document is called the Mighty Ira. I forget his last name. He, he's Jewish, and mm. he's. I say that because he did the neo-Nazis in Skokie, Illinois case. That right, was really right. famous. And he came out saying, like, what back, do you do? Like, what are you doing? This is not what we're about. Like, when back about when they, like, they had speech. principles. Yeah, back when yeah. they had principles, really. And you yeah. stuck up for the value. And I do always take a step back here and say, like, you will see some things where ACLU is still doing good work. And I like to separate kind of the local chapters from the national brand that they're creating. Right. For instance, right. in New Coincident, I'm in New Jersey. And in New Jersey, I did see them defending someone. Yeah. It is unfortunate. <laughs> but uh, no, it's great here. Uh, where where they, were, they were, I just tell myself that, where they were uh, uh, defending a guy for having like a, um, fuck joe biden flag or something like like that and it's like yeah it's not in good taste but you're allowed to do it like you're allowed to say it and the aclu is defending him from his town who 
find him for, for some like for yeah. having the flag up like that like, that's what the aclu is about it's about defending speech that you dislike like you disagree with that's yeah. the speech that needs to be protected not what everyone agrees with because that speech doesn't need to be protected um and th- actually this is interesting because i believe you're our first canadian on the show joe is Thank that you. right yeah it's gone yeah. international yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gone. oh actually our first guest was from wales but uh okay yeah. oh, that's right yeah okay yeah okay. Um, wales so. is in canada though isn't it <laughs> it's part it's part of it's not america part of so, it's part uh, of not america exactly part of not america yeah. so whatever funny acts white people funny accents yeah, so yeah, yeah. um uh you guys don't have the same free speech laws like we do here uh sort of um since um mm, I want to say back in the 50s, there was a thing called the Bill of Rights passed, and it was just a law. Um, it, was, it was passed by Parliament, which is roughly the equivalent of Congress. Um, yeah, it's fancy Congress. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's old school. Um, and then uh, in the, I want to say, and I should know this, um, in the 70s and 80s, or I think 1982, if I'm not mistaken, um, the Canadian constitution was finally repatriated from britain and and they added this thing called the charter of rights and freedoms which is like Mm. uh which is taking that bill of rights which was a law Mm. which could be repealed by the next government they could just get rid of that law well the charter is like the united states constitution it's it, it it's real hard to get rid of it's hard to amend it's hard to change you have to get all these similar to like the process to, to make an amendment, which takes a lot of doing has to have everybody agree. And um, same. So it is entrenched except it's freedom of expression. I think it's slight. It, there's little, that's the thing about going back and forth between Canada and the United States. It's so similar, uh, yeah. but tiny little differences that can trip you up, but no, Canada does have basically free speech um, but just not quite as, um, uh, not quite as like robust total. Yeah. It's more like freedom of expression. I think, uh, I'd have to look up so, the exact language on it. So what if someone want, like, what if someone wanted to fly a Nazi flag in Canada? Would you be allowed to there do that? There was a case, uh, there was some guy, some like Nazi white supremacist guy, yeah. I think out West who was set, giving out pamphlets and stuff, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and this is where it gets tricky. Uh, again, I, I should probably uh, uh, look it up before speaking on it, but just off the top of my head, mm-hmm. um, that's where you get your, your is this, well, in the last couple of years, in the last decade or so, right, we've had this new thing called hate speech and uh-huh. and yes. those sorts of crimes. Right, that's, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. here, People, especially our age, like America, you could say what you want. But yeah. people don't get that. Like people yeah. don't under like like Americans don't understand. Like I've had to tell this to educated peers who I'm like, no, no, hate speech is allowed. You understand that, right? And they're like, but why? I'm like, because you're what one person decides is hate speech, another decides it's just regular speech. And then when that side's in power, then they're gonna say what you say is hate speech. And it, it like th- that's the point. It's a slippery slope argument. It, yeah, right. right. It, and and a lot of people don't understand that. It's like yeah. again, it gets back to just because you don't like it, like that's the speech that's supposed to be protected. It's speech you don't like because someone else doesn't like yours. And yeah. that's not 
the same in Canada, right? Well, Canada's, in a sense, that protection, that uh, freedom of expression protection is much younger, right? It's yeah. much newer. So it hasn't been tested as much. It hasn't, yeah. like, it hasn't had the, the legal processes of, of being challenged in the courts, going all the way to the Supreme Court, and then becoming like further, um, further uh, entrenched in that sense, right? Like there have been challenges to speech in American history, um, uh, which have now gotten to the point where, yeah. you know, like it's really hard to, uh, to, to, to go against it. Right. Um, well, so Canada's just, hey, only had it since the eighties, right? Like, right. So David Cronenberg, a filmmaker who I, who I love, who's from Canada. Yeah. Um, he was talking about, this is back in the early eighties. And, and, and I'm curious if, if you know much about this back in the early eighties, he was doing an interview where he was talking about making, because at the time he was mostly doing like pretty, uh, pretty out there sci-fi horror films. And had <laughs> Cronenberg, a lot of, yeah. yeah. A... <laughs> and he was doing, they had a lot of sets and violence. And he said, you know, as, yeah. as hard it is, as it is, because this back in the early eighties in the yeah. U S during the Reagan era. So it was, you know, the, we, you know, we had the moral majority. So it was, it, so they were cracking down on a lot of sex and violence in movies. Mm -hmm. um, but he goes, you know, as hard as it is to get your uncut version out there, you can still do it. You can still release it as unrated or yeah. just go the indie route or whatever. You can still do it. But in Canada, um, they actually require you to cut out those pieces that, that are objectionable. You have to throw those pieces out. And then if you don't, then you'll end up in jail. Or, you know, there, 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 were, there, were, there was a lot more, it was way more strict when it came to expression. That's uh, loosened up over the last couple of decades. I mean, the okay. Cronenberg era was what 80s early not yeah. late 70s yeah. to 90s that yeah, was his yeah. heyday um yeah. and yeah and and canada was very 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 socially conservative very like you know not as not as brash yeah, canada's never been as bold or brash as america but even in those days in the reagan era uh i mean you know i remember i was a kid uh growing up and there was lots of censorship um but again mm -hmm. a lot of it hasn't been tested right like uh, uh for instance a lot of uh like you was it Larry Flint was, you know, a pretty yeah. central, made a pretty hard test on freedom of speech, freedom of expression in the United yeah. States. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that established certain freedoms, certain lines in the sand and said, look, this is permitted now. Yeah, um, because right. prior to that challenge, they were going after him and doing all kinds of things, which, which people, him. which I would like people to know. So Larry Flint was uh, the creator of Hustler, 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 yeah. Hustler. And really, the he was taken to court by um, who was the big uh, ev evangelist, like televangelist. Basically, one of these wasn't big like, wasn't Billy Graham, Graham, was it? Billy Graham, Graham? Uh, someone like been. that. Yeah. Well, he made basically he, he published a cartoon about this guy. It might have been him <laughs> yeah, having right. sex with his mother in an outhouse, I believe. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, was taking the Supreme Court. And make mm -hmm. long story short, taking the Supreme Court. Uh, and Larry Flint won on free speech grounds, right? Political speech uh, or uh, public figure, right? That mm -hmm. was a big thing that this wasn't just like some uh, Larry Flint's neighbor who he didn't like. Like this was a public yeah. figure. Mm -hmm. And that vote, I want every, I want people to understand this. That was a nine nothing vote on the Supreme Court. This wasn't like a five four split one way or the other. Unanimous, this was a yeah. nine. This was a unanimous vote. So you had conservative judges, justices, yeah. liberal justices. Like, and I don't know if that would happen anymore. Now you would hope so with star decides with, you know, um, what we have in both of our legal systems is uh, uh, the precedent, like judge made law, the precedent. So you would hope that, but 
it's gotten to the point where I don't know if this would be a nine nothing vote anymore, which is really scary. And to, and the liberal justices being on the censorship side. Well, yeah, because know. they're being brainwashed, right? Like, uh, there's a reason a lot of this ideology is being pushed in the law schools because they know that if they yeah. can train a generation of young lawyers to, uh, to have alternate definitions for currently commonly used terms and that's the sneaky part of it right yes, yes um yeah so like there are all these laws in the books right there's a law and but if we change our common understanding of the words yeah. that were used in those laws then we can re read them in a different way um yeah. and uh i mean this uh, is this is the this is the gimmick of like i mean that word's too too soft for that's like the uh strategy of authoritarian regimes all over the world is changing what words mean yeah. like changing what something means changing what like a, a jew means in in yeah. nazi germany or like who well, or a dissident like, or like, yeah, like any or even here a communist like yeah. what's a communist during the uh, red scare like people yeah. who, had, who had like some left-wing sympathies or yeah. like weren't completely on board with the american war machine like communists like so it goes Again, it goes. Oh yeah, propaganda. Direction. What, it's a, it's propaganda is what it but, is. It's but, it redefining things and and trying and, to. And as someone who went to law school, like, and it wasn't that long ago, I luckily, I mean, I took a First Amendment class, like solely on the First Amendment, which is our free speech amendment, and mm -hmm. it was good. Like, it the professor was great. It was very much on the kind of free speech that we've been talking about, right? Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the case anymore. I, I honestly well, don't. Speaking of changing definitions, I don't. So um, the uh, the ADL, the Anti Defamation League. Mm. Did you guys see this? How they changed the definition yeah. of racism on their website several times. And then times. they changed it. And so then they changed it back freaky. after after but, Whoopi, yeah. uh, Whoopi so, Goldberg. I know. And, and here's the thing: when they changed it after the whole Whoopi Goldberg thing, yeah. They, Wait, what, can, they, you, can you explain what they did? Like, can yes. you be more specific? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, I so this this uh, girl uh, on on Twitter, Sensha Stacy, uh, who's a great follow. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, she she posted uh, all three of the definitions. So this is what it said initially: um, racism is the belief that a particular race is superior or inferior to another. So a pretty standard definition mm -hmm. of racism, yeah, right? Kind of what we all grew up with. Exactly. Yeah. Then they changed it not too long ago. Racism, the marginalization and or oppression of people of color based on a socially constructed mm -hmm. racial hierarchy that privileges white yeah. people. That's like um, the, 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 yeah, the social, social justice, justice yeah. uh, right. ac activist definition. And then after the whole Whoopi Goldberg thing, which she says the Holocaust was not about race, they changed it more or less back to the original. So now it says racism. <laughs> Racism occurs when individuals or institutions show more favorable evaluation or treatment I mean, of an individual. But here's the thing. Here's the, the scary thing. For the new definition that they just changed to this week, yeah. they put in parentheses interim definition. Mm. As in, we're just kind of waiting. <laughs> this is the placeholder <laughs> definition until we come up with something better. Like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be... Because I always I don't mean to be the 1984 guy, but is this yeah. not just 1984? <laughs> like I don't mean to be that guy, no, but it no, is. No, it's just no, changing. No. It's like we were always at war with East Asia. Eurasia is our enemy, or as our friend. East Asia is our enemy, and it's just now Eurasia is our enemy. East Asia is our friend. Like it's the same shit. Well, yeah. this is a this is a tactic of the sort of identitarian activists, right? Like the, your critical race theory activists, intersectional activists, uh, your gender theory activists, whatever. It's this this type of activism that's it's identity driven, yes. and it's a tactic is to uh, they make assertions mm -hmm. that something is a certain way, and they present it as though it's fact. Even and they're they're saying mm -hmm. things and they're putting they're framing things in ways and, that 
are and different. You're an idiot, and you're an idiot, and uneducated, and a, and a, a bumpkin if you don't use the speech we use, the yeah. words we use, in the way we use them. Oh, you're mm. still thinking that like racism can be against anyone? Like, no, that's yeah. uh, that's racist and that's right, bigoted right. because it can only be against you know these. It only flows people. in one direction, right? And yeah, exactly. that's, what, which is not true, right? Everyone knows it's not true, but like, what about what about I've so I go to the I go to New York mm. City fairly often, usually like a couple times a month, and like I've witnessed, I'm like I'm not kidding. This is what I've personally observed is people being overtly racist to Asian people. Like I've seen that myself, and okay, it goes what's... on. You see it online. It's so weird to me. I I'm shit you not. The last time I was in the city, I'm walking down to the subway, and uh, an, an Asian guy is in front of me. And some guy just turns to him and like starts doing like overtly racist, like bowing and with an accent and stuff. Yeah. And the guy just, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, okay, why what's is the that demographic okay? of the people doing this? It's almost always black or, or Latino. It's okay. always, almost always. Okay, Rarely so, is it white. And so doesn't it, mean it doesn't happen, but no, and, and but, especially the, the, the violence, uh, I almost always see it. I mean, this is online. I've, personally yeah. witnessed this. Yeah, I've but, seen the clips uh, too. I was on the subway another time and this uh, there was just a black guy. He was definitely mentally ill and he's just yelling at Asians to get out of the country. Well, and them. isn't this the, the the danger in making... So that's uh, not racism? According well, to the EDL, that's not racism. This is the danger of well, this the, redefinition well, of racism yes, saying exactly. it, it can only go in one direction and it's just, just those people there. And what that implies everyone else gets a pass everyone else can yeah. behave in that manner but right. we can't can criticize it what about when right. white people aren't even involved like these situations right. well that's why i asked right because yeah. everyone's gonna say oh well anti-asian uh, uh, anti-asian hate and racism the assumption be according to the new definition is that oh it's all a bunch of yeah. uh pasty face crackers doing all the hating but it's like not if that if, I, if you right. saw that right. shit and it was like a maga wearing like country white guy it would be all over the place like it right. would be and right. like, oh. i'm sitting I'm they won't sitting there. honestly i'm yeah. feeling concerned for my well-being and he's not even targeting me he's right. talking to the asians who are like like near me well it's the it's the 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 first they they came for the you know you know the poem yeah. i mean they're targeting that group right now and then they'll target another one next and so, and another one and another one another one because yeah. everyone else has been given a free pass to be as racist as they want to be because yeah. they've been told oh well you can't be racist yeah it's right it's fucking crazy Cause, and cause makes, I, I thought there was kind of a the height of it and what scared me the most was i'm adl fine whatever like i know mm -hmm. they've done good work but i, I don't think of that like was when literally webster's and dictionary.com were changing their yeah. definitions yeah, yeah that's the great awakening of 2020 and i'm like what is, what is going on here like yeah. what is happening this is it's so dangerous webster's changing things was that webster's changed the definition said. of race yeah. no, no, i'm, I'm yeah. bringing up to the specific yeah. example they changed it because a 22 year old college student sent them a letter saying hey can you include um systemic racism in your definition of racism and they did it it's like that's all it takes it's just one dumb college activist to change the definition well there's, there's a lot of these organizations too i mean don't forget uh we got a a, a bunch of students all entering the workforce of so kimberly kimberly crenshaw uh was it 1989 that she coined the term critical race theory she called her the movement that i think i have a yeah. a, a document I, I think she's the one who did it, intersectionality but she came up with the name critical oh. race theory okay and i i have an essay by her that she wrote i think in 2000 talking about how she named that movement and i remember 
I was in, in undergrad in the early 1990s when that was the new thing, yeah. right? Uh, and there were all these programs mm -hmm. that ended in the word studies, cultural studies. Yeah. And yeah, studies. it used to be women's studies. And I guess they changed it to gender, gender studies, studies and, yeah. and post-colonial studies and literary studies. And it's all, it all comes out of this, this uh, uh, critical theory background and it's very subjectivist. And I was a philosophy and history student at the time. Uh, I was supposed to go to law school and the great disappointment in the family. But, uh, <laughs> you dash a bullet. Uh, uh, well, I thought, you know, if I go to law school, I'm going to end up like hating myself and drinking mm -hmm. for the rest of my life. And um, so Case I went into point. the arts yeah. and, and, and suffered. <laughs> Starved. Uh, but anyway, um, and it was, it was all the rage. Right. And so they've been pushing this stuff in academia since yeah like hard in a formal way i mean it's been around longer it's you know yeah. derek bell goes back to you know the 60s yeah, 70s derek bell, yeah. but it's been they've been pushing this stuff in a very real very intentional way since at least the 1990s so yeah. that's decades of students graduating who've been indoctrinated with this stuff who now work yeah. for and they're and it, it all hinges around language right so yeah. these people who studied this stuff like you got a cultural studies degree what are you going to go do or a literary studies degree and you learn all this stuff well, you're going to go work for Webster's. You're going to yeah. go work for Britannica. You're going to go work for... Or, or I would say ACLU. even before that, though, like in the 90s and I feel like 2000s and even into mm -hmm. the 2010s, it was, oh, you know, that's just on these campuses. That doesn't make it into the workforce. Like it just, it's, it's, But then you, you grow up and you leave. And it's like, no, that is not what happened at all. Like the 22-year-olds are now like in their mid-30s. And they're, this, and they're running the businesses and they kept right, that right. shit well and and, and and now they're the ones controlling what their employees exactly and, 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 and non-profits that you know their co-workers and stuff say and what hr like they yeah. where did they go into they went to hr yeah is yeah. where they went the literary studies majors yeah. and they, they are now in all the hr departments mm -hmm. uh there was a uh, the other day um and you know britannica which i always thought was yeah. a pretty good resource yeah is owned by the same people that own uh webster's apparently um i was on britannica looking something up and the left the political left the definition of the political left and the entry uh talks about because you know the, the right and the left comes from the french revolution right yeah. uh the ancient uh, ancien regime or whatever the ancient regime mm -hmm. the old the, the nobility and the church the old regime and yeah. then the new which was sort of nouveau liberalism the revolutionaries and and a mishmash of different competing groups but and then in the national assembly they had the ones who were supporting the king and the old way were on the right and the ones who were of the people the the had this idea of we want to govern ourselves and we want to have rights and we, we don't want to be just subjects of the nobility uh, we're on the left right and sort of like proto-liberalism mm -hmm. and uh yeah the 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 entry in britannica online now reads the socialists were on the left and i was like right i stumbled across and i was like well what wait a second is this a little bit anachronistic here like I, the, what happened, it, the entry doesn't even, I don't even think it mentions liberalism. Doesn't mention liberal movement, yeah. which it jumps straight to socialism. I'm like, I don't even think socialism technically, unless maybe you, all you've ever read is communist pamphleteers, uh, pam, you know, pam, communist pamphlets yeah. is, uh, 
the communist version of re revision of history, or we're going to mm. interpret history from a totally communist perspective because uh, how the hell are socialists in the French Revolution? Uh, <laughs> and it says that the, 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 the key ideology of the left is socialism and communism is a far left version of that. That's what the current entry in Britannica mm. says. So, and it says this was written by an editor of Encyclopedia Britannica. So I looked him up, uh -huh. found his name and his little Twitter uh, bird was there. So I clicked it. And he's a self-described pinko, which is a slang for communist. Yeah. So I'm oh, like, oh, Jesus it? Christ. Right? I've, never, I've never heard that. <laughs> oh, pinko. pinko yeah. 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 Well, yeah. pink, right? Rouge, reds, the reds, yeah, the pinks, yeah. you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's old. It's a bit old. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, gotcha. I'm like, holy crap. So I posted on Twitter about this. I said, this guy, this uh, self-described pinko, a communist, is the editor at uh, one of the editors at Britannica is rewriting history. Uh, to claim that the, the left means and, and the French Revolution was a socialist revolution, and you're like, uh, I'll, I'll, I have a, I have a crazy personal, world. personal experience. Uh, I'm from like North Jersey, so a lot of people mm -hmm. who uh, lived in my town worked in the city. Like a lot of parents worked in the city, and I played. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to identify anyone. So say I, I knew someone whose father worked for the New York Times. And yeah. I went to their house once and he was an uh, environmental like focused writer and everything. I go to their house once and I shit you not in their dining room, taking up the entire, like the length of the wall is a mural of like the communist revolution. Like, a like, and, and like, uh, that's, that's like, he had the che, che Guevara poster when he was in college and then he graduated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, was, it was, it was, it was, you know, one dollar jarring jar. It was gigantic. And people had said like, oh, like this wasn't a, cause I don't, you know, I don't think you should be judged on your art necessarily. Like I like sure. some propaganda stuff. I think it's cool, sure. historical, but like, no, people are like, oh no, he's a communist. Like, what do you, like, no, no, he, like, there was, and then I saw it, and I was like, holy shit, this is their dining room. Yeah. Like, and it had, I think it was Stalin, I can't remember, Lenin or Stalin, but he's, like, holding the book out, and, you know, everyone I think that's Lenin. And, Lenin was the one with I, the book. Yeah, so I guess it was Lenin. I don't mm. know why I'm thinking of Stalin, though, kind of, but it was, it was shocking. And I was like, oh, my God, this is in their fucking dining room. Like, I mean, it shows how times have changed because he didn't do that back during the Red Scare. I mean, that, that would be. No, no. That's free speech, though. You know what? That's yeah, free sure. speech. Well, Not a big mural of Lenin. I'm interested in Lenin. I thought Lenin was an interesting guy, historical figure. But when you're like, I don't know, it, it's very. It's funny because, you know, you, you get you get the freedom to to be communist or have those uh, to express yourself in that way under. Uh, modern Western liberal sort of democracy yeah, and with exactly. the constitutional freedoms, but you wouldn't have the freedom to disagree and, and be, have a, a dissident uh, yeah, uh, view in, in that in society. Soviet, yeah, yeah, you couldn't yeah. be in the Soviet Union mm. with the giant mural of Ronald Reagan. Yeah, and Uncle Sam. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Uncle Sam. <laughs> and that, I mean, Real yeah. quick, Pico, Pico just, that, that word, just, it, it just makes you think of like the 80s of just like Rambo. I've never like, heard we just, Pinko. Yeah. Yeah, it's very like I like it. I mean, like yeah, my, my my uh like re older boomer relatives like would Pinko. use words like that back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. Reagan Reagan era term. Like yeah, it. very like, much so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, and I I mean I guess uh, uh actual communists would ironically self use that you know use that word yeah, to describe yeah. themselves. Yeah, they think they're yeah. being funny, but yeah. it's it's funny, but it's not funny when they're rewriting history and they're right. in these positions. Yeah. And this is the problem is that now you have younger generation, you know, 
uh, they're like, what does this mean? They go and look up the, the thing and they say, oh, Britannica or Webster's, whatever, and they read it and and they think that that's what words mean. The right? Holocaust so it, was white people fighting other white people. Yeah, <laughs> like whooping over, right? Like, And you know, I, <laughs> I went out and bought dictionaries, paper dictionaries oh, yeah. um, a couple of years ago because the right was gaslighting language yeah. um, and history. So, and, and I was fed up with it. And now the left is doing it. And it's like, yeah. guys, stop. Like, look, yeah. we can all have our political disagreements, but no. stop, you know, trying to rewrite. It's not, it's dishonest, right? Um, yeah. And then, but the dictionaries, and I didn't realize this until recently, uh, Webster's, I think even posted on their Twitter, they said, oh, we are not a denotative dictionary. We're a descriptive dictionary. Uh, so we just describe the words as they're currently used. Right. So they don't. So what use is that, right? Um, yeah, no. uh, same thing. Um, it's this this idea that okay. So words, language evolves, right? Over time, usually. Sure, you know, yeah. we can all go back and read like Shakespeare or Chaucer and go like, yeah, the English language has obviously evolved. I wouldn't even say that far. We were talking about it last episode, two episodes. The word "gay" has changed like yeah. several times in this country. Oh, over. Yeah. Like 20, like 30 century, years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same with, yeah, I was thinking today, actually, like the term queer. Like, yeah. Queer meant weird, right? And then it was basically synonymous with gay, yeah. whether yeah. I think it was male or female, right? And right. now yeah. it's, I honestly don't know what queer means. I anymore. think it just means like uh, of a non-heteronormative sexuality or something like that. Like it's, yeah. you're just not sure. one of the binary sexualities. But it's not... Right. It's not synonymous with gay anymore. Well, I think it includes it's, gay, doesn't it? Well, I it's it's only it's, it's, its, its own letter on the the yeah. acronym. Yeah, I don't and know. I've See, only I haven't seen it used as gay in years. Yeah. True, yeah. true. And I don't know true. what it means. And I don't. It's mean funny that because as, one of my first acting gigs was on a TV show called Queer as Folk, and it was totally yeah. gay. It was yeah. like yeah. Yeah. gay. It's all gay stuff. And now, again, but. The problem is like, sure, words evolve, but the activism now yes, is yeah. intentionally changing words, which I think is a different thing. Yeah, it's not it's natural. Absolutely different. It's yeah. not natural. Which pisses me off as a writer where it's sort of like, no, like my whole art, or at least a big part of my art is is like, you know, I, I want this 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 sentence or this um, this line of dialogue to hit a certain way. So I go through all these different iterations of sentences and things. And it's sort of like, no, like the, the reason why I do this is because words mean things. This this has a different connotation than that one. But if it's sort of like, if we start getting to this, this, this territory, like, well, words can, I don't really like that definition anymore. So I'm going to use it this way. It's like, yeah, I, then it, it, to me, it, 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 it depreciates the language. Yeah. And it, well, and the problem, here's part of the, uh, the problem too, is that the English language, right, mm. is used by, many people all around the world yes right and if if one country or one region starts changing the, the fundamental meanings of words like yeah. like and i mean and political concepts uh yes. you know i think it should be like slang terms uh smaller word you know everyday stuff sure fine people can play around a bit right poetic yeah. license but when we're talking about specific political terms and concepts that have actual history to them that are, are like the French language, uh, the French revolution, right? What does yeah. right and left mean? Where does it come from? How has that evolved? When they start intentionally changing it or they do it in a way, it, all of a sudden you're going to have people all around the world no longer speaking the same language, even though they speak the same language. And that's a problem. Well, that's what, 
so I think what I was getting at before is to the people who are changing those terms, that's not the problem. It's, it's supposed to be like a shibboleth of uh, exclusivity. Like they want it to be, to have certain terms. If you don't use that, you're an outsider and you're in a negative way. Right. right. And, yeah. uh, I, I do think though that this is a losing strategy. Joe and I joke about all the time is the whole like Latinx craze. Um, that's not only do about two to three percent of Latinos actually use that term, yeah. but I think <laughs> apparently third, it's not very well liked. A third yeah, yeah. actually find it offensive, and they look at it as, "Hey, you like white liberal people, you're changing our language. Like that's right, colonial right. shit. Like yeah, that's yeah, the imperial yeah. colonial shit that you you know accuse um, you know your your ancestors of doing. Like you're doing yeah. it just." instead of for gold and, and Christianity, you're doing it for you're doing it with language. And yeah. so it is a losing strategy. Don't get me wrong. And it yeah. does keep happening. And I think it does push a lot of people out and eventually people get, uh, you know, scurrilously attacked. I can't say that word um, for using the wrong term. And they kind of go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What's happening here? Like I was on your side and because I use an outdated term, maybe by as much as like a month. Now yeah. I'm, ignorant and a bigot and all of that and it does turn a lot of people off so in a way yeah. it's it's backfiring you but... can't keep up with it part of the problem though is uh, are you familiar with the tim uh Jebru, i think is how you say her name i'm not sure the google ai um diversity uh, officer that got fired last year or didn't get fired she no. was she resigned and her resignation was accepted uh you guys didn't fall, see that one? Well, what was the substance of it? Maybe So she was the chief of diversity for Google's language learning AI, I believe. Um, and she apparently put a paper, her and a couple other people at Google, um, put, a, put a paper in the Google uh, servers, you know, in the Google community. Um, and some people complained about it. They complained to the bosses. And said that it didn't like it. So the, then the, the higher up said, hey, can you retract this paper? There's some people who've, who've complained about it. And she took the said, well, who? Who complained? Right? Uh, who yeah. would dare complain? And they said, that's not your business. And she said, no, I want to make it. She gave them an ultimatum and said, if you don't tell me, then I'll quit. And they said, fine, then we accept your resignation. And of course, all the social justice world got upset because they, they pushed her out. They said, oh, right. Well, she wanted names of people that she could go and bully, yeah, yeah. right? Because, and, and this is the part that got lost in the shuffle here, is what was the paper about? I was going to ask that, like, what yeah, was the yeah. paper? <laughs> so, um, it was part of the paper, um, and I think it was TechCrunch. I, I'll send you guys the, the, I saved it and copied yeah, it. Um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I know Verge did a lot of reporting on it, but I think it was like TechCrunch or Wired. Someone um, actually did a read through of the paper and and what was in it. They got a copy of it, and part of it was that they wanted to tell the the Google's language learning AI they they didn't want it learning organically. They didn't want it learning. You know, they say, "Oh, well, like Webster's, we just uh, we just we're descriptive. We go with based on what people are using, based language based on well." This, she and her uh, uh, her partners in this, they proposed that instead of Google's language learning AI being able to learn organically, they should 
skew it towards the social justice definitions of words mm -hmm. because they don't want the Google's language learning AI to to get uh, corrupted by all the all the people out there who don't use those words correctly according mm -hmm. to the new rules that the social justice activists want to put in place right. so the average person the average kid the average 14 year old 20 year old anyone like boomers even Hey, Google, what does this mean, right? Like, yeah. uh, you see it all the time. If Google's, if the main source or major source that people turn to just to understand what things, what words mean, are being intentionally skewed by activists, uh, like, that's not language evolving. And, right. you know, and I, I brought this up a few times and people are like, oh, what are you talking? I don't really get it. But yeah. I, I see this as, that's not language evolving. That's, that's the world being Based, well, I hate this word, but it's gaslighting. Yeah. It's gaslighting language. Right. right. Um, I remember um, on Twitter, I got into a debate with a feminist chick, and she was talking about how she was uh, about how how we're living, you know, at least in in the U.S., how we're living in a in a patriarchy. And I said, well, what do you mean by patriarchy? Because I mean, like, like a true patriarchy is, is a system in which women are not allowed to hold positions of power. Like that's what, that's an actual patriarchy. Yeah. Um, and then she goes, yeah, but that's that's just the dictionary definition of patriarchy. A real patriarchy is one in which you know there are attitudes towards women and stuff. It's just, it's just but, but of course she went from like you know uh, uh, an actual definition to something that you can't measure because it's about attitudes and biases. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, come on. It's this, about her lived is... experience. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is redundant and a stupid term. Uh, and I yes, hate it. It is. What are, what are the kind of experiences? Right I, uh, <laughs> a buddy of mine called it anecdata. Uh, <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Anecdata. Uh, I'm, I'm, data I'm point of one. I'm, I'm taking that, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go, go for it. That. But it's like, you know, great. So you have a data point of one in your, in your grand study of society. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. You got like, you got the, the, the sociologists uh, and they're they're navel gazing. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, and that's it, right? It's basically, well, this is what I feel, exactly. right? Yeah. And I guess what was it? What was the was it Shapiro? Ben Shapiro said, was he the guy who said the uh, fuck your feelings? Fa fa facts, or facts, facts don't, don't care about your feelings. Well, yeah. and here's the problem: feelings don't care about facts, right? Yeah, yeah. Like they're totally yeah. irrational and crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and while I feel this is the truth. Or there's the idea of knowledge being situated, like what the? Uh, it's oh, no yeah. knowledge is either a thing is either factual or not. You either know it's true or it's not, and right, right. you either know a thing or you are mistaken. Right, right. <laughs> right? No, uh, no. But if I haven't seen it, therefore it doesn't exist. No, no. Right. I don't believe in it. The poof, it ceases to exist. Uh, <laughs> Like, uh, like, are we? I feel like we're living in crazy world. Like, you wanna, like, it's... so just for the hell of it. During this conversation, I went to thesaurus.com, and uh, I just, I just compared the definitions of conservative and liberal um, on uh, uh, on thesaurus.com. Yeah, thesaurus.com, and it's not, it's not black and white, but it's sort of like conservative definitely has a more. They definitely give it more of a negative slant. Like you'll see words like synonyms with conservative, mm -hmm. right winger, traditionalist, um, an opponent of change, diehard, reactionary. Whereas when you look at liberal, it's like enlightened, flexible, humanistic, <laughs> giving, free, Good, prodigal, not abundant. the bad, not the bad ones. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing about that is that according to the new definitions yeah. of uh, of words, right? According to Britannica now yeah. uh, of what the left means. Right. If if according to Britannica, according to socialists, 
actually, and I've interacted with a couple. I, I kind of, I basically follow everybody back on Twitter. Anyone who follows me, I follow them back. And I've done this for a long time. So I've actually, I've interfaced with some interesting people like left and right and, you know, across yeah. in between. Yeah. Socialists will be like, they, to them, liberals are right wing. Yeah. yeah. Right. If yeah. you're a socialist, no, yeah. they're on the right. And it's like, well, no, liberalism is traditionally on the left, but it's not the far left. <laughs> right. But right. now, so now according because we have this sort of pseudo marxist uh a conflict theory type of politics going on with but it's identitarian instead of class now yeah, yeah. basically it, it, the left which is i i, I know these term, terms but, are yeah yeah um liberalism or liberal values small l classic liberal values are now conservative i guess right because what are you trying to conserve? What are you trying to, you're resistant to change. And it's like, well, so now liberals are sitting, you're going, well, we're not left in that way, but we're trying to protect these institutions of freedom of speech and civil rights mm -hmm. and individual, uh, like, uh, like you, you guys have read some of the Delgado stuff. There's that, that little clip that people post a lot of time that the critical is there that they, they want to get rid of um like the liberal uh, order of thing or yeah and so. presumption of innocence and they're like yeah. wait no no we need those things right, right yeah, exactly. oh well you're not a, those are classic liberal values right yeah, yeah um but now if you defend those things they call you a conservative yeah, yeah. right as when i was growing up conservatives yeah. were usually religious very big on censorship um, like social mores, they were really, you know, no fun, no fun is allowed. Everyone has to yeah. go to church three times a, a week and, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and, and, you know, no laughing, no smiling and no, no dancing, right. Footloose. So, uh, and then, you know, so, well, what do these things mean now? Right. So yeah. according to the thesaurus, they're going to have to update that to include liberal, uh, conservative, you know. Uh, <laughs> we can't be conservative, liberalism pops up. Yeah, because, I mean, the the sort of, I mean, yes, there's still people around who are, like, what I call social conservatives. They're they're uh, religious conservatives. They're tradition, very trad, very, like, let's go back to the 19, 1950s when father knows best and leave it to beaver, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and all that crap. But, you know, boomer, boomer uh, childhood paradise, this myth yeah. that they... But those people are are they're still around, um, but they're few and far between these days. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Was it uh, Justin Amash posted something last year? He said, "I I hereby reclaim the word liberal on behalf of classic liberalism." Mm. Mm. Right? Maybe I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Sounds like something he would tweet. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah because uh, it, I mean, like I grew up conservative. I grew up, in, you know, lots of church. <laughs> Uh, Jesus camp in the summer, you know, uh, uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, um, and the rhetoric was always like liberals, they're communists, right? They're the socialists, like, and you conflate and, and oh, this is true. Can't, well, Canada <laughs> and the United States have this very similar and share media basically, right? So yeah, you get yeah. the same, the same talk radio, you get the same TV shows, you get the same mass sort of stuff. And if you're getting it from the right, it was like, aha. And, and, and I always kind of thought that was odd because then you'd read, history and you read uh political textbooks and that's not what liberal means it has an actual historical specific thing and socialism is a very different thing yeah um they have certain philosophical uh ideas in common in the sense that um and don't forget like uh conservative also used to mean um 
monarchist, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. So like old or theocracy, that was a big one, right? Like think about the, yeah. the like uh, Saudi Arabia. That's a very conservative country. Yeah, yeah. There's your patriarchy too. Yeah, um, yeah, that's an actual patriarchy. Yeah, yeah. I, I was wanting to put like uh, like liberal feminists and a real patriarchy like that, and, and <laughs> just like I would, I would. I'm not a big reality show guy, but I would pay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, would, I would love that so much you see it sometimes speaking of like reality shows and i'll make this brief i do like the show called 90 day fiance uh i fucking uh, love it and i love uh, it's like one american and one international you know a couple and sometimes especially when they have a show called the other way it's called 90 day fiance the other way and the american goes to the other country mm. and sometimes the culture shock is just like <laughs> like uh like a there was one, one of my favorites was a, let's say, voluptuous uh, black girl from Florida who liked to, who's a rapper and flaunt herself a lot. Yeah. And wear, you know, revealing clothing. Her fiance was from Jordan. So she went there. Oh, wow. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not going to fly over there. And one of the best lines yeah. was like, uh, you know, my family found your Instagram account and like, this isn't like part of Islam. And so yeah, she was like, yeah. oh, is, is, uh, like spreading rumors, part of Islam or something. It was, it was really good. The talking shit part of Islam too. Yeah, yeah. It, was really, it was really good. Oh man. I, mean, I think people are, are, would be amazed at how, yeah, if they ever saw real, real patriarchy. That's why I, right? I'm, I'm all for, I want to put, I am for I'm, I'm part of my platform when i run for whatever thing i run for is going to be sending gender studies professors to pakistan oh, i okay. am all for it because we sent tell those kind of like during, like during a global out. fucking pandemic when people yeah. are uh starving and losing their homes or maybe not losing their homes because of moratorium but you know getting shit from their landlords and losing their jobs and their businesses our <laughs> congress sent 10 million dollars to gender studies in pakistan i'm not making this up i don't know if you, i'm not joking yeah. I, this is not a joke they yeah. did this yeah and i say we send the professors over there with it well you know make what, it a reality show you know what they need in pakistan places like that is is some uh second wave feminism Right, like old school feminism about yeah. like you know original feminism where it was like yeah. equal rights and like, like treating huh? like Susan B. Anthony. Like, it, it, but they don't. The right that doesn't. Vote. But they got rid of that, right? Like it's they're in the fourth wave now, where it's all intersectional, intersectional. Yeah. Oh and, yeah, yeah. First wave would be like we're all so human. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's the suffragettes. Like, can yeah. we vote? Yeah. And we maybe own people. That's good. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh -huh. Second wave, third wave was like the sexual revolution, right? That well, like, yeah, I think third wave had a bunch of different components, but yeah, one of them was like the sixties, sixties through the nineties. I think uh, being yeah, sexually liberated and, yeah, sexual and, liberation. and equal pay for equal work and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and now but yeah, this new intersectional feminism is, and it's funny because uh, they've snookered themselves, right? Um, because under intersectionality, as soon as and I think it's kind of funny that intersectionality, which is Kimberly Crenshaw's uh, yeah. concept, yep. and I, I like to say intersectionality broke feminism, mm. right? Because as soon as you add intersectionality, right, now you have all these layers of oppression, different groups mm. claiming to be more oppressed than the others. Right. And now feminists are getting upset. Turfs. <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah. they're the bad guy now, right? For yeah. Like yeah. Wanting what to have one of my favorite terms, I, well, I call it the and, turf war. And, yeah. and Joe, uh, I have a list of 
thing of regular. So I, I have a segment I want to start called uh, speaking of French Revolution, Robespierre of the week. And like J.K. Rowling is like, yeah. like she got Robespierre. Like you think you can never be progressive enough. Yeah. And the second you uh, don't do you don't say the right thing. You don't have the right view. You have the wrong thing. Basically, yeah, you get Robespierre. So that's a new segment. <laughs> We're starting it today. Robespierre of the week. Uh, I mean, J.K. Rowling, obviously, has been on yeah. for a while. But yeah, the, my favorite term is dinner party turf. It is my favorite term that I've heard. Never heard that one. Dinner party turf. That's a oh new one yeah, for me. I, forget who, I forget who tweeted it. Yeah, it was like on Twitter and stuff. It was during like when the big turf thing came out. Yeah. It's basically a uh, like wealthy feminist woman who has dinner parties, but like like kind of that old school feminism, right? Yeah, uh, DC elite liberal, yeah. and now they're like <laughs> the enemies because they don't yeah. want dicks in the locker room or something like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a problem. Like, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I, I feel badly for like, for instance, like lesbians, right? Like, they're being told there aren't, there aren't anymore. Well, they're being told that they're yeah, yeah they're they gone. Don't exist. They there don't aren't exist. anymore. Katie Herzog's the last lesbian. <laughs> <in America. laughs> well, they're they're being told they're they're. Uh, that they're phobic and I, you know, because they don't want to, to uh, be with certain people. And it's like, just let people love who they want to love, you know, as long as everyone's consenting adult. If a like, lesbian doesn't want to have sex with me, they are a bigot. No. <laughs> yeah, right? That's my right. thing. No. <laughs> That's my new pickup line. From That's now your, on. New, oh, yeah, <laughs> your pickup line. <laughs> I'm joking, joking obviously. You're, you're God damn, I hate throat clearing. I'm joking. Here's a fun one for you. Um, just going back, if we rewind, uh, uh, we're talking about first wave feminism and, and like suffrage, women's suffrage. Yeah. And every year we hear about suffrage and the suffragettes and we learn about women's suffrage. And I, and I, I asked this question to a number of people and it's something I'm, part of something I'm working on, but um, we all learn about women's suffrage. And that was what, 1918, 1920, and then around, in different countries around the world, it happened yeah. slightly, but roughly around the same time. So universal women's suffrage. When was men's suffrage? There's my question. Universal male suffrage? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't, I don't think we, we, we're not there yet. We've got a lot of ways to, to go. To, well, because you had to own land. So, well, that's it, right? So yeah. roughly white, approximately, so. well, no, no, not always. No, not um, always, but not at the beginning, yeah. Um, Could black, uh, like black men who were free they couldn't vote. free and property owners i'm not sure and this is the problem it's murky oh, no. because no one talks about it we've spent the last 40 years constantly going over women's suffrage and feminism right it's because feminism's big and that's was necessary sure because there was sure. some imbalance but uh i can think to some degree we've neglected uh some other aspects of history here where i think it's roughly around so 18 uh, 1918, 1920 for women. And I think it was about the 1850s for men, which is not that long before. Yeah. Right? Um, and I, I saw a number, and it's hard to find information on this. Uh, I saw a number that said, what, what percentage of men had the vote prior to, the like, in, in like, the British colonies, right? Um, in, in, in pre- uh, or even slightly post uh, American Revolution we're yeah. in the world, yeah. because there's this narrative, right? There's this narrative that, uh, and it's this, this the patriarchy, right, which we talked about earlier, that men have controlled history since the dawn of time, 
and, and and they're all guilty of oppressing everybody, right? And I'm like, whoa, no, 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 wait a second. Most people, including most men, yeah. were oppressed yeah. for most of history, right? Very yeah. few people had political franchise. Very few people had the vote. Very, it was the aristocracy, which is a yeah. tiny, tiny percentage of people mm. uh, actually had vote. And then when people started getting the vote, you had to own property. What percentage of people owned land and were eligible to vote? And so men's suffrage, the idea of like all males being able to vote happened just slightly before women, like what a generation or two. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not since the dawn of time, it's, it's nobles, kings and emperors and and queens and countesses and duchesses. Like there've been women who've ruled too throughout history. So there's this narrative, there's this, this skew where we neglect the fact that the vast majority of people, not to mention all the crimes of, Oh, uh, uh, the history of of uh, of oppression, right? Yeah. Perpetuated by who, right? I'm yeah. like, well, my ancestors were starving in the in the dirt, uh, yeah. poor yeah. farmers, and uh, you know, and and I, I I don't remember like unless you're descended from nobility, right? The right. chances are your f- family history was oppressed. Yeah, yeah. Not an oppressor. That's interesting. Should we? Uh... So should we wrap it up on that? No one should ever vote. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big lesson. No, that's that's fascinating, though. I mean, because, you know, like so much is is going on back and forth about power and privilege. And this is sort of, yeah, it's much more complex than one group of people ruled everyone else. It was, was, you know. Yeah, it's this whole group identity thing, right? It's stupid. Lumping people into a group based on what they look like or what their you know ethnic background is or whatever is stupid it's it, yeah, because yeah. you don't know what their direct family history is and frankly what's the expression uh uh, uh from rags rags to riches to rags again or yeah, or yeah. short sleeves in three generations or something yeah. um after about two or three generations unless you're a member of the royal family you know yeah. and you have like entrenched holdings which is very few people on this planet have that right. um, most of us like yeah, sure. Maybe six generations ago, you had a wealthy relative, and then the next, then the next generation, they were uh, dirt poor again. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're not like, I, I just this idea of uh, it's almost conspiracy theory level thinking yeah. Yeah. to think that uh, this group was all like that, and that group is all like that, and everybody is that we could sum people up yeah. so simply. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, I, I mean, uh, this goes back to, I, I'm, I'm always posting about this. I'm sure you've seen this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Joe is like, like, treat, you know, everyone's an individual. Let's we start with that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, do we? absolutely, man. And um, we should probably start wrapping it up. But uh, this is this is great, though, man. We uh, we covered a lot of great topics here. And, it was a good chat. Um, yeah, we really did. Yeah, we covered all <laughs> kinds all of shit. And, uh, yeah, yeah and we, should, we should do this again sometime, man. It was yeah, a lot absolutely. Of fun. Do you want good. to... Uh, tell the listeners where they can find you and if you want to share anything in particular uh well where they can find me i mean i'm on twitter like, far like where, where do you live is, where, is where, uh, your address. what's your address yeah, yeah. yeah in case what, anyone what wants to dox me show, <laughs> show up at four in the morning where, where are you knocking on my door uh. um uh no i mean i i, I mean uh I'm, I'm actually about to start posting stuff on my uh my personal website it's just been a blank a black screen for years um so you know if people want to find what i'm up to they can find me either on twitter uh at 
the handle David Cray or davidcray.com. Um, I'm started getting organized uh, with my online presence. I've I've been doing this for uh, for for shits and giggles for far too long. I, I think I got to start formalizing some of my activities. Awesome, yeah. You know, and uh, uh, we'll include those links in the in the YouTube description. Yeah, and, Joe, um, or just send it to the email and yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's nothing there yet, but soon. So, okay. you know, I yeah. don't have like a Venmo or a pay- PayPal me or any of that crap uh, yet. Yet. Or OnlyFans. <laughs> or OnlyFans. <laughs> no, no, well, my only. <laughs> we won't talk about that. No, no. <laughs> For the next. Uh, yeah. The next episode, yeah. Yeah, there's that footage from that Queer as Folk episode, you know. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't look it up. Uh, All right. Well, thanks again for coming on, man. And yeah. we'll right again sometime. Yeah, and, good chatting uh, with you guys. Yeah. And, and Joe what? and David. Stay reckless and fight the crits. Yeah. Stay reckless, man. All right. Take care, everybody. Take care.